right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Here we go. All right, let's try that. Take two. Go live before going live. Welcome to episode 356 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm uh, I'm your host Julian Gill, uh, who's an absolute idiot when it comes to this technology. We're getting to grips with it, so I'm going to get to introduce everyone a second time. And you know what? Um, it's all good. It's all fun. That's why we do these things new and it's different. So uh, joining me today, Lonnie St. Louis Kiss. Mm-hmm. You got, you got to say hi again, Deborah. Oh, hi. How you doing? And, that, and uh, the voice of reason, Ken. Hello there. Andrew Scambatti, director, alive, Catman on the board. Here we are again. So we're going to do some um, board topics, um, maybe some topics from the, uh, the what is it called? The, the message stream that we're getting to watch. So we're getting to watch your comments while we uh, talk. But I think first off, we better do some news since someone did PM me earlier today saying, make sure you don't forget to mention Unholy Radio. So Andrew, why don't you do that commercial? You did it perfectly last time. That means you're going to fluff your lines this time. <laughs> well, listen, make sure you're checking out Unholy Radio brought to you by the podcast.com. You've heard the greatest show on earth and now experience it online and on the radio. Catch it in May 21st, 26th. May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd on unholyradio.com, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss it. So we do want to thank everyone who's joined us on YouTube, on Facebook uh, for this broadcast. Uh, You know, this is how we do our shows, basically. We press record, we talk, we press stop, and then we throw it up there, and then you throw up. Um, But other news is uh, the off the soundboard. Obviously, a... uh, message did go out every to everyone clarifying the actual release date andrew were you letting me go again you're letting me off my hook again to talk again i think um, we better um so i don't know if any of you guys noticed it but i did pre-order the vinyl and the cd on the release date which was april 23rd and someone was like oh the original date was supposed to be june 1st because i got this email and i was like well no idiot the cd was erroneously listed as june 1st and every other version of it, whether it was the bone vinyl or the actual black vinyl, it said June 11th. Furthermore, the damn commercial that came out also said June 11th. So, no, it was never coming out June 1st. There was an error on the page, which has been since corrected. But because so many idiot people emailed the page asking about this, they had to send an email out. It was never coming out June 1st. Well, thank you. Thank goodness Thank it's coming out. I will see you guys later. No. All right. That, no. Yeah. You, you know, we're going to have to put a quarter in Lonnie later on as well to make sure things go exactly to plan. <laughs> um, other news. Yeah. What other news is there? Oh, yeah. I did a podcast. I recorded with uh, someone else yesterday, and it's coming out tomorrow, I believe. So it was fun. We're going to do a couple of the topics that we talked about on that. It is, of course, the mighty podcast. So looking forward to listening to myself on there. One of the topics that we did, and since I did say we're going to talk about some of the topics on the board, and we'll get to some of the comments. So Chuck McFarlane, thank you for joining. Mrs. B Music, thanks for joining. Is um, Chip Magoo. What's his name for real? Doc McGee's comment that that kiss is Cracker Barrel. You know, Lonnie, did you check out that interview and that comment? And what do you think? Uh, You're in the South-ish. 
So uh, when I go to Tennessee for the rock and pod, I've been to Cracker Barrel. So I at least have a reference point for what the hell that means. What did you think of that comment? Well, yeah, there are Cracker Barrels near, near my home. But when I pass by a Cracker Barrel, I, I don't think of Tiff when I, when I pass by a Cracker Barrel. Uh, uh, Lonnie, I, I'm thinking you need a better microphone because you're really distorted. And what I, microphone are yeah, you using? Yeah, I think you're, you're probably using going through a different mic yeah, microphone yeah, than you normally do. Yeah, take a look at that, and let's uh, go to Ken for that topic, and uh, Lonnie will rejoin us in a minute. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, 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 I did uh, read the interview. Um, I didn't take it as anything. I'm not going to take it too seriously coming out of Doc's mouth, uh, whatever he's saying the cracker barrel comment um it's whatever i mean uh, it doesn't really matter it, it really doesn't matter what that that comment at least for me it doesn't um you know it is what it is have you ever been to a cracker barrel i think i have uh on a trip sometime like you said back East somewhere, you know, Midwest or something like that. I've been to one. Uh, I, I understand that the cracker barrel itself had to do with some barrels they used to have in some stores that they used to fill with crackers. It was just filled with crackers and people would stand around and chat <laughs> around these kind of like a water cooler, I guess, kind of chat, you know, office thing. All right, so I've been to Nashville a few times, and there is a Cracker Barrel where it was breakfast. And uh, oh, hello, David Donnelly in the UK. Good to see you, mate. Um, so, what it is is basically a restaurant, kind of generic. Um, it's not kind of. Yeah, well, okay, it is generic. But um, like I say on the other show, I had some biscuits there, and I was like gravy, and I was like, oh, those biscuits are real good. They said, well, you could buy a pack of the mix in the store outside there. So you have to actually go through a store, an emporium of Cracker Barrel uh, merchandise to get into the restaurant. Mm. Now, I asked Ken about that. He said, that's how they all are. So it's basically, that's, I think, the perspective that Doc McGee is coming from. The restaurant itself is... Well, I say it's generic. Andrew looked like he was about to vomit. Um, it, it's pretty low brow, but it, you know, it's kind of Paula Deanish. Would you like some more butter with your butter, Andrew? Cracker Barrel. The place sucks. I mean, <laughs> you know, when I was on the road, whenever we would travel somewhere, somehow Cracker Barrel would always be within wherever we were going. And we would always – I started calling it C-A-B, cracker-ass barrel, because, like, everything tastes the same. doesn't matter what you get. If you want grits, if you want this, if, whatever you want, it tastes the same, okay? And it's just one of those – it's the McDonald's of southern food. So if you've mm. never had true southern food before and you eat cracker barrel, it's basically like Italian food is to Olive Garden. It's – Okay. It ain't it's not. Great. That's a good <laughs> – it ain't great. It ain't great. Good analogy. Will you will you will you arrive hungry and leave full? Probably, but um, I gotta walk through this store and like for some somehow they always have plenty of like circus peanuts and Christmas CDs and just they have like you know everybody's greatest hits that you've never heard of and it's just it's yeah. I'm going to pass on Cracker Barrel, but but you are right. So basically, to go see Kiss, you walk through the Merchandise Emporium before you get to the music. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. I, I would have picked, uh, you know, for something a little bit as a description, more generic, like Burger King. I think their their motto was your way or something a few years ago. Have it your way. Have it your way. Have and that's what way. Kiss tries to do for all its fans. So um, there, there we go. Um, Ken, have you brought us a topic to discuss today? And Lonnie, where are you? Come on, it's only a microphone. Well, there was... Uh something about the uh i got an email about kiss cruise 10 i guess we you know still going on as far as we know um they they put out some uh events uh that they listed it could be interesting maybe hopefully um for the people that are going to attend but some of them like our family feud with kiss um, i'm not sure how they're going to do that one but that should be interesting uh the newlywed game with gene simmons <laughs> Uh, so maybe they're going to get some, uh, uh, people on board that are newly wed and have that type of game. If they keep it to what the original newly wed game is, if people remember that, um, TV show, uh, you know, the normal stuff, guitar clinic with Tommy Thayer, the drum off with Eric Singer. Um, he's going to do Chris Jericho is going to be there. Of course. Uh, with his band, so he's going to do that uh, interviews with Kiss, I think conversation with Kiss. There's also the normal pick throwing with Gene Simmons, and uh, I, I thought something was interesting was no the, Paul Stanley events. I didn't see, I did, I didn't notice any Paul Stanley events yes yet, but like the pizza making or or whatever. Um, but the Junior Navy guitar. Uh, decorating with Tommy Thayer so get the kids out there to decorate some guitars I guess um, and then uh, Eric uh, Singer which could be an interesting rock through the ages um, so maybe talking about the history that guy of, can talk. of rock that, guy can uh, talk. that should be yeah that'd be probably an interesting uh, topic so those are the ones that, that came in that I saw in the email yeah, Eric Singer rocked through the ages. I think Eric Singer really needs to do his own dedicated podcast to talk about some of the musical sure. subjects that he is really well versed on. I mean, as you remember, when we met him backstage, we started uh, restarted a conversation that we'd had about Deep Purple. So, you know, yeah, right. he knows his music and he knows a lot about music as well. You know, we were talking about Queen, all sorts of things. So I would I would say that's one of the highlights of those events, yeah. it, you know, uh, but if you can get him to slow down just a little bit so people can kind of focus Understand. in on what he, Well, yeah, can get what he's talking about. That'd be really cool. There are some good events. I mean, I'm a bit of a, you know, a, a, it's a bummer for me because I did cancel and I took the refund and I took the refund off the Paul Stanley guitar experience that I was going to do on that event. Um, so, you know, I don't even know if it's going to happen. I don't think a lot of people know there's, I, I see people on some of the forums just going nuts over this thing. So at least they're trying to keep it moving, keep it going. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, there are still events to be announced if it does actually set sail. I mean, does anyone think it's really going to happen? And you know, the, the European dates have just been pushed, which yeah. is hardly a surprise. Yeah, the European dates were pushed. I, the U.S. summer dates have not been pushed yet. I think they're going to be at some point. But but no, I just think uh, I think it's one of those things where we're starting to see restrictions be lifted and we just have to wait a little longer. 
Yeah, that's going to be one of the tough things. I know people are excited about buying Ace Frehley Alice Cooper tickets because yeah. they're finally getting to buy tickets for something that looks like it may happen. I know that some events are being modified, that Dave Lee Roth is no longer the opener. I don't think anyone should be shocked by that with the amount yeah. of time it, it's taken. It's not like it was a big mm-hmm. package deal like Motley Crue and whoever else they were going oh, Def Leppard, I think, um, they, that they were going out with. So, you know, we'll wait and see. I think... For Europe, there was no way in hell they were going to go. Oh, Lonnie's back. Hi, Lonnie. Can you hear me now? Lonnie. Oh, my God. That's so better. much better. So there much better. That's okay. Let's go back to Lonnie for oh, uh, Cracker fantastic. Barrel. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, again, everybody. <laughs> I missed this conversation, but I'll add my two cents to it anyway. You know, um, I there's Cracker Barrels near, near my house, but when I drive by one, I don't. I don't think about Kiss when I when I drive by a Cracker Barrel. I mean, I, I guess Doc's trying to say that they're a piece of, of Americana, but you know, I it's that's not what I think. When I think of Cracker Barrel, I think of two old men playing checkers. I don't. You know what I mean? You see, you you probably been to a Cracker Barrel. You got like the the the, the rocking chairs outside and like looking at a checkerboard. And I, that's not. That's not Kiss. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the, I don't, I don't get the analogy at all. So I think of a guy playing checkers. That's what I think of when I think of Cracker Barrel or I think of a country fried steak. Wait a minute. Didn't they make kiss checkers yet? They did. They they did. 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 Okay. There you go. Of course I have. But (laughs) hey, who's loving off grid saying I got to grow my beard back. Mm. Who is that? One of your secret admirers. It's been a long time since we've rock and rolled, but that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia. Yeah, you, you, you looked old. <laughs> you looked old enough to vote when you had a beard. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> Nobody believes I'm of my age, so I know you. You always look really young. All right, let's move on. Lonnie, have you brought us a topic to talk about this week? Mm. While your mic's working, before it goes all Canadian <laughs> in honor of Mark. <laughs> I, I got a hard internet connection. I'm not. On, I'm, on, I'm not on Canadian Wi-Fi. But oh man, you know. <laughs> um. I, you got, I, I jump back on. You guys were talking about Ace and, and Alice touring, and that's exciting. You know, 
new something new that that sounds like it could happen that you know things are opening back up they're selling tickets for sporting events like the the baseball stadium downtown's going to 100% capacity near me in about 2 weeks so that's exciting with everything opening up i i, I feel i feel good about that happening do you guys feel good about this happening or are you guys skeptic of this even happening i i feel good i feel good yeah i i, I really do too well, I, I don't feel good because the, there's no California dates. Yep. Yeah, we don't so care. I, what happened? Screw you all. He's, on, he, he's, he's only going places, and he's not even playing New Jersey, is he? Ace is not on the bill for the Jersey gig, I believe. Hmm. And doesn't he live, yeah, he's not. Yeah, doesn't he live like near there now, and he's not even in yeah. his, his own local show? So, no, I you know I'm with Lonnie. I think it's it's great to have seen people getting excited. Anyone got a pre-sale code? How yeah. long has it been since anyone said that? It's like so 2019. That. Somebody's asking me that. So know? 2019. <laughs> yeah, I want to give uh, Sylvia uh, a shout out. Joining us from the Netherlands late at night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all for your support for joining us. So, um, you know, Ken. And or Andrew, let's go. Andrew, yeah, I was going to say, how come nobody's mentioning the uh, the Tribeca Film Festival? Did I miss that episode? No, it's like very exclusive, isn't it? I'm going. Okay, oh, are you so, really? So it's yeah. definitely it's definitely not exclusive then. That's true. Wow. It's not. I'm going. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I mean, it, based on the little blurb on Kiss Online, it says they're going to do a performance after. Someone said a Q and A, but. I, I, I think it's going to be like a four song Brooklyn Bridge 96 like performance. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be cool. And I'll get to see, uh, you know, the history documentary before anybody else does. Oh. At least part one. Is that all they're showing? Just part Correct. one? Part one. 87 minutes of part one. Okay. And, and it, it's my understanding that there's four parts. Two parts each night. Oh. Oh. Because well, it's that's... four hours. So 87 minutes is not that's half. Almost hour and a half. There, yeah. So. So, um, so you know, it's uh, I'm excited and it'll be fun. Well, here you've got a question. I just want to know who that is because they said I'm going want to go to a beard and uh, it's coming along fine. Uh, you know, after working for so many things for so long, I, I was taking a, a nice little break. So it'll be out. Trust me, it'll be out there. Right. All right. Let's move on. I'm going to go straight into the message board and see what is going on. Oh God, here we go. Oh, it's down again. <laughs> <laughs> that re that revenge is the most overrated album in the catalog still going lonnie lonnie just is stroking out right now i, 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 I can't i can't even comment on that because it's, it's that that's so ridiculous so, yeah um let's see. anniversary was yesterday so what about uh, what about this one the uh the, the most over the uh, worst stage design and a lot of people were were shitting all over the reunion tour stage when uh, it didn't it didn't matter who what the stage was because you just see those four guys and, and a lot of times I don't think people realize that what they were trying to do especially with those first couple songs is it was a throwback to '75 where it was just the amps and the drums and then when like the big you know the speaker cabinets they rose up it was supposed to take '75 into today I I definitely got that when that happened. But the stage didn't matter. It, it was just those guys that mattered. Hmm. But apparently everybody well, hated the stage. No, I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think it was anything, you know, after some of the stages I had seen before that, it was kind of a somewhat lit down from that 
standpoint. I was hoping they would go back to the, you know, the lighted stairs and, and, and that, that bit. Um, and even do the, you know, the, just try to make it as the same as, as you know, you can, um, compared to the seventies stuff. I mean, I, you're not going to make it perfect, but at least a little bit better attempt at it, I think would have been, would have been nice. Um, man. And you know what? I kind of understand in a way because they weren't sure. I don't think how well this tour was going to go and they had limited funds back then to, to probably build new stages and and things like that. So I, from that standpoint, I can see why maybe they, they didn't go full out and just rebuild everything from scratch and do something, you know, super cool, uh, as a throwback to the, you know, 77 or 78, whatever. Um, so yeah, but it was kind of a lit down. Did anybody leave the reunion tour disappointed? I don't think so. I wasn't disappointed. I, I, I mentioned on a, uh, I think it was last week, uh, that I, I just didn't feel the energy, uh, uh, that they, they normally have, uh, in some of the other shows that I had seen. And, and then when you, you get spoiled by looking at the old, uh, you know, videotapes of them in concert when they were younger and they you know, were really, really energetic and hungry. Um, but you know, I, I have to understand, I guess that, there, you know, you get everyone slows down a little bit as you get older. So, but things you have it so built up in your mind from when you saw Kiss in 1979 that from 79 to 96, you had it so built up in your memory of how amazing it was seeing them in the makeup. Then, you, yeah, you saw them in the makeup in 82 and Creatures 02, but seeing the original four for the first time in 79, had you overhyped that in your mind that by the time you I got know. to see them in 96, that there's no way it could live up to. <laughs> what you had yeah that's maybe even misremembered in your brain <laughs> yeah that's part of the that's part of the thing i think i it was overhyped in my own mind and and yeah it, it was trying to think of them at living up to what i had seen you know back when i you know 79 and then the creatures tour and so on um and then of course them watching you know the bootleg videos and stuff like that so uh, i kind of set myself up for a little bit of failure there <laughs> yeah so they literally had no way to win on the Allied worldwide tour you know that people will have blown things out of proportion for what they do remember and you know bless all those folks that were able to relive that moment had seen them in the 70s had seen super kiss at the end and then to have gone to the Allied worldwide tour which i missed um you know and then had something to complain about or to not complain about so either way whether whether it didn't meet your expectations or it did you know more power to you actually getting to be there um Lonnie, what is the worst stage that you have seen the band perform on, in your opinion? Um, you know, I, I could shit on the the 03 stage and the 04 stage that they were just tweaks of the of the farewell stage, because and, and and with good cause, you know, they came out in 03. Well, it's the same stage they toured on three years ago, and then they were getting ready to tour in 04. It's like, oh, we got a new stage. I'm like, well, no, you don't. You have a couple of monitors built into the stage that you used last year. That's that's the Silly same news. stage. It's the same stage used last year. But for me, the most disappointed I was was the stage that they used on the tour in 2012. To mm. me, because they, 
they uh, they did a show in England. I want to say at a club, like right when the single for Hell or Hallelujah came out, like right on Correct. July fourth, twenty twelve. Yeah, on fourth right. of July, right. And I remember Paul saying that you know we're coming out, and we, you know we're going out, we're on a new stage when we start this tour in a couple weeks, brand new stage. I'm like okay, well I've, I've heard this before, but. You know, let's okay, see. New, okay, here we go. You know, new. You know, maybe, maybe something a little more than moving the Kiss logo from up here to to underneath hey. the drums. Maybe something. Maybe something a little more dramatic. Hello. And hello. And what they came out on was just like amps, just angled a certain way that came to a V, and it was very disappointing to me. You guys remember that at all? Yeah, because there was those those uh they looked like steps, but it was just like uh just like just all the lights just stacked up, and then the amps came to a, a thing right. in the middle was the drum riser. It was but, very, but, very but I boring. thought you were disappointed because it was that that was the first stage without a Kiss logo. <laughs> no, they had the Kiss logo. Was it on the sides? No. Really? No. Hello, huh. Mrs. Yeah, on the on the tour, I mean that that was pretty lame anyway. It was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Um, now I'm even more disappointed. I didn't even realize. Jambo Jordy, you know, kind of called it. Motley destroyed them. Motley had energy and flamethrowers. So uh, the stage itself, I don't even remember that much of the stage. But then again, I was planted right underneath the uh, the the mini stage right in front. So, eh. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Mark. Greetings. Hello, Jambo Jordy. I, I do these things all the time, so I'm so used to reading the comments as I do this. I, I must do like three or four of these different live streams a week, so I'm, I'm very used to this whole concept. It's kind of cool that we're doing it, actually. Yeah, well, it's just easier. Um, you know, just go live, talk, see what people are talking about as well, and kind of react. Oh, I wonder when we're going to get bombed with trolls. It happens on every stream I go. There's going to be always some jackass that's going to come on here and start saying something stupid. Uh, not I'm in the Kiss FAQ discussion. No, no, not here. What are you Never. talking about? Here? Are you talking about us? No. Yeah, it can't be our, our stream. No. What do the numbers mean next to the track <laughs> listings in Alive 2? <laughs> How many? Don't forget, we did have someone actually count the symbol hits between versions of a song. So there we go. All right, Mark, what, what <laughs> topics have you brought or are on your mind today? That uh... Uh, Actually, not a hell of a lot, but I mean, I can think of something if I have to. Oh, David Donnelly's on. Hello, David, how you doing? Uh, let's see what he says. I've always wanted to hear you guys talk about why, when their LP sleeves are generally awesome, do most of us have the dull, laziest, why do, them ha- why do they have the dull, lazy rear sleeves? A line of titles in a row in the wrong order. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, like you know, like like right. those albums, like you know, you see like Love Gun is not in the right order in the back, mm-hmm. right, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, those are. Uh, I think they're in alphabetical order, if I'm not correct. They just got or lazy. The, or is it that? Uh, they got lazy, that... and I, I believe I, I I'm pretty sure like Dynasty um, is in alphabetical order with Charisma appearing first. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that, yeah, it's going to be the first song of the album. <laughs> but, so, so, you, so you think there's obviously a reasoning then for it then? Yeah, I think there's a reasoning. Um, I like it when bands actually show the, the side one, here's the tracks, you know, one through five, or and then side two. And I like it 
better when they do that. I know it's probably nitpicking uh, versus, you know, just listing songs out in whatever random order. But but I mean it but it is a but it is a good question because if you think about it it's true look at those album covers Love Guns awesome rock and roll over even Destroyer I'll say is a great album cover but you know they don't it's like they don't put as much of the effort into the back end of it as they do. What are you the, talking the about? Front. There was a plenty of effort put in the back the back cover of the 1985 Creatures album that's somebody's ass. If you enjoyed that, then that's that's great. I mean, maybe yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's so then here's the question for all of you: Have you not tuned in to Claudio Bergman's um, interview series with Dennis Willock? Well, so I've only good. heard one of them. Do so they good. not do they not discuss the ass end of the album, or are they only talking about the chest? Have they got that far on the, in their interviews? I can't, I can't remember now. I've, I've listened to a few of them. Um, they were, and they're really good. Uh, if you want to hear how they designed and came up with the album covers and, and what went into all that stuff. Um, but I can't remember whether they did the Creatures 85. They're, Maybe they they're, did. They're on, um, well, Claudio's show, I think they just did Dynasty. Oh, so oh. they are doing them in alphabetic, like uh, yeah, release order. Yeah, chronological. Yeah, chronological. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because Dennis Dennis Wallach is absolutely incredible, and you know, part of the team that actually, you know, created that stuff, I would think, would have the answers. You can't just talk about the cover image when you're talking about packaging. So if they haven't, then hopefully, you know, they can raise. There was a consistency between what was it, the solo albums, um, Dynasty, Unmasked. And even the elder to that that extent that it just listed the song titles, even though it did have them. But you know what? It, it doesn't to me. It doesn't matter. It would be nice to see more effort put into it. You know, even the back cover of I mean, Animalize. I, mean, I mean, let's let's hold up here. Oh, like, yeah. We're gonna say that there wasn't any effort put into the solo records, but like, yeah, the back cover is uninspiring. But you got this awesome, great pullout poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just mainly talking about yeah. the back end of it, not so much the, what came with it. I mean, it's obviously the posters and all that were fantastic, and I think that's what Kiss became known for, the inserts and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll just speak on my end of it, that I did find it kind of annoying when they were records that I didn't know. Like, if they were like new, new releases of songs I had no clue about, and you're looking at the back and expecting it to be this song, and meanwhile, they're singing like the, the the song that's at the very bottom of it. You know, like I can understand yeah. where the annoyance can come from, but yeah, you I know, by by now all these records are old news for us, right? Right. Well, famous Johnny Mambo has a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to why Kiss inspire so much devotion and vulsion by mm-hmm. the fans, and I and I think when you go on Facebook or the FAQ or anywhere where people do kind of congregate with varying opinions, you know, what do you think makes kiss so divisive i mean we have a broad spectrum of opinions about the band that you know for some former fans or maybe let me rephrase that some fans who have a cutoff time and date mm-hmm. for when they they're there they Man, were fans not allowed to like kiss because i yeah <laughs> i will i will never call someone who who checked out in 2000 after the reunion um, and is still talking about Kiss. I will never say that they're not a fan because they are. No one gets to tell someone else uh, whether they're a fan. But there is revulsion. There is people who do nothing that but bash everything about Kiss, and there are people who are objective, and then there are people who, you know, are rose tinted. You know, Lonnie, what's your kind of take on that? You know, I, I think 
the reason why there's so much, you know, whether it's divisiveness or, or love and or hate or love about the band is because we're passionate about Kiss, you know, yeah. but it's, it's passion brings that out in you, whether, whether good or bad. And, you know, if, if you're, if your your spouse or your kid does something great, you're, you're excited about it and you're, you're joyful about it. But if, if they, if they have a bad day or their, or their, their boss chews them out or their teacher yells at them, well, then you're pissed off about it because you're passionate about your kids and you love your kids or, or you love your spouse. Things that you're passionate about bring those kind of emotions to the surface more than, more than anything. The things you love are what, are, are what makes you passionate, passionate. And, and people, and people always say, and, and I've heard Kiss always said that there's no fans in the world like Kiss fans. You know, there's, there, there's some casual Kiss fans, but they're, the, the the breed of the hardcore Kiss fan is unlike almost any other fan of any music in the world. It's it's a very it's very unique that I mean, you don't I mean, to steal some lines from Gene. I mean you don't you don't see you know um, like the Eagles action figures and things like that. I mean but but there's Kiss action figures and 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 Kiss fans just love them. Like Andrew, I, I know Andrew loves the, the action figures, and I do too. And but it's but it's what you love. It's what brings out that kind of emotion in you. And speaking of speaking of all, well, I, I had that for a long time too. That that people tell, people telling me like, well, especially like during the reunion tour, you're too young to like Kiss. You're you're too young to like Kiss. You don't understand. Yep. Well, mm. let's, let's, you know, I, I I understand plenty. I've actually liked Kiss a whole lot longer than when they put back on the makeup in April. Believe it or not, but. Um, but what do you guys think? What, why, why do you think Kiss fans are, are so divisive or, or, or the other way around at the same time? Well, I'll step in. Um, I think it was because Kiss, uh, their career has been so diverse, I guess you could say, uh, with the, the style of music. You know, when they came in, they were just a, uh, a band that was considered, you know, dangerous at the beginning. And then they we, then they went to this uh, popularity and, and it became the the kitty band kind of thing mm-hmm. maybe uh, super kiss then back to serious kiss try to do something with the elder and then back to hard rock kiss with so they keep them changing and then they unmasked kiss in in the eighties um, and then you know reinventing themselves to a degree um, and I think all the fans like these certain different things, like their different styles, you know, unmasked is totally different from, you know, hotter than hell. Um, so certain people like that type of music a little bit better than the other types. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of the diversity of the, the kiss themselves and then diversity of the fans and what they enjoy, what points uh, they enjoy, yeah. enjoying kiss history and, or, and when they came in, to becoming a Kiss fan, you know, like, like, uh, Andrew, you know, in the what 90s or, you know, early 90s, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Smash, that wasn't it Smashes for Andrew? Were, were you dancing along to Smashes? 
it was double platinum. It was double platinum. That's in two. Uh, let's put the X in six. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a good point though. I mean, I think the, I think entry point is important because, like I said before, many times on the podcast and we talked about it, a lot of people that I remember back from my sister's era, they're all about the first six, and you know when they start talking about Dynasty and stuff like that, they they just remember it as a complete sellout to them. And that's when they start getting very passionate about arguing that point that the first six is where they were the real cool band. Anything after that is bunk. But then, you know, like we just said now, Andrew came in a lot later to it. So for him, albums like Psycho Circus might be special, you know, or albums like that, because this is where he discovered it. So, of course, it's going to be special. You know, for me, it was Asylum, you know, that back at that time was when I first started stumbling into it. Sure, I got albums like Lick It Up, but I never became a true devout fan of it until that time. Right, so I have a great love of the non-makeup stuff, but I love all eras. But some people just hold on to those memories like a like a glove, you know, on your hand. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to remember those good times, and maybe a lot of their good times in their lives were centered around that time period. So of course they're gonna mm-hmm. think back to that time period, and maybe a certain record might remind them of something that really shitty happened. You know, oh, I broke up with my girlfriend when Unmasked came out or something, and so they hate that album. You know, it, it's it's happened. It sounds ridiculous. But I've heard it many, many times from people, not only with Kiss, but, you know, other bands, you know, oh, when Yes released this album, you know, I, I, I broke up with my wife or split with my wife. So there's strong connections to music with personal life. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. But I think anything that we do in life can lead to extremism. You know, we get really into it and then the band does something that we really don't like and we're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, and and it does turn people on the things that they once professed to love, that they are offended by it forever. I, I try and be objective about, you know, some of the revulsion or just and not just think that people are trolling. I think if they were trolling, that would be just pathetic. But if they really are upset and hurt by something that the band has changed or has done, you know, well, check out and go, you know, but hold on to those things that you did used to love them for. You know, and that kind of Mark, something that you said leads into, you know, kind of a, a good next question. Which Kiss album do you think you have listened to the most times in your life as a fan? Andrew, would that be an easy one for you to say? You know that you've spun this one more than any other? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I'd like to. For for me, I think the record that I've spun the most times, honestly, it's 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 got to be uh, Asylum. Honestly, I mean, it's the one record that I listen to a lot. I still listen to it now. I mean, I listened to it just a few days ago. So, um, that's that's the record that's frequently on my turntable, and in the car. Uh, Andrew, let's go back to you. Yeah, it's a live too. It's got to be a live too. <laughs> Why? Because when I was making The Greatest Show on Earth, which you can stream now for free on YouTube and Vimeo, <laughs> I had to listen to it so many times. Just you won't even listen to it anymore. I can't listen to it anymore because I just – it so many times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it took me a year to put that thing together. So I would be listening to that over and over and over and over and over again. Easily Didn't that audience drive you nuts after a while? That screaming audience that drive you batty after a while? I was batty before then. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it did. And it's my understanding that that audience is the Super Bowl. That's not even a Kiss audience. Yeah. I don't know. I it just sounds it. like a lot of trouble. Ooh, what's Super Bowl? <laughs> don't know. Whatever Eddie Kramer had in the can. Yeah. Okay. Ken, 
why don't you let us know which one you think you've listened to? I, I should have said studio album just to really mess with Andrew, but then you wouldn't get It's that really <clears throat> difficult to say what the, the one I've listened to the most, because um, it really has to, you know, for me, it strikes a mood kind of thing for me to pick a, a Kiss album to listen to. Or I say, oh, I haven't listened to that in a while. Uh, put that on or this or that. I could probably say the least <laughs> listened to uh, amount um, would probably be, I'm going to say probably Monster. Not because it's the last album, because I think it's it's just that. And Carnival of Souls would probably be another one I've listened to probably the least out of all their albums. Yeah, I, I saw someone, Mrs. B Music, uh, mentioned The Elder. I think probably for a very mm. similar reason to Andrew, the number of times I've listened to The Elder and everyone's heard of my quest in the 80s trying to find a copy. So I played The Living Daylights out of that thing once I did find it. And it always stayed very much in my playlist. And then, of course, doing the book, A being all the various versions, you know, mm -hmm. right down to yeah. running every single cassette copy from different countries through looking for differences. Yeah, I've spun it a lot. But in terms of ones that I've actually listened to a lot for pleasure, probably rock and roll over, um, you know. That, yeah. that, that simply, uh, Lonnie, did I ask you? No. Um, <laughs> may I? You may. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I, have I, to I ask. Can... <laughs> no, I, actually, you do because you can say it's revenge, but I, I, the more I think about it, it's probably Destroyer more than any other album because oh I think about what album have I listened to the most? Because my brother and I had Destroyer as kids, it was the first album we had. And we literally wore the cassette tape out um, where it became unplayable. And you know, saw, Kiss has called Revenge the destroyer of the 90s. They've also called like Crazy Nights, I think, the destroyer of the 80s. But it, well, it literally did. Since destroyer. Right. And, and Monster, too. But I, it has to be Destroyer because we literally wore that out as kids. And then when we converted the CDs, it's one of the first albums I bought on CD because I, I had to have it. I mean, I, I had it on CD well before Revenge came out in 92. Hmm. Um, I, had, I had a CD player early and hashtag blessed, I guess. But I, uh, it, has to, it has to be destroyed. Okay. Well, that covers that. Let's move into one of the other topics that's on the board now. Um, what are your favorite kiss podcast the, the question on the board asked for least favorite but i don't really want to to go there uh, <laughs> um you know when you when you do listen to other shows and other podcasts i think let's expand it into other podcasts because uh for myself i don't listen to a lot of kiss podcasts because i don't want to copy what other people are doing to, uh to be perfectly honest and i have very limited time you know, the most recent podcast I've listened to was an Ages of Rock episode um, and Cheap Talk, the review of the new Cheap Trick album. You know, so so those are the two that I've listened to. The last Kiss podcast I listened to was actually the Kiss FAQ episode that I wasn't on. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really liked the episode. So I pressed subscribe. You know, it's a good job, John, guys. Mark, what about you? Sorry. Um, I... I well, if I'm going to refer to a Kiss one, I mean, I always say uh, Podkiss is the one I've always started with and listened to quite a lot. I listen to the Kiss Room every month when it comes out, but I listen to a lot of 
other podcasts like i have my little pod ipod thing is all the time filled with different stuff like i listen to the album series that stephen wilson does uh yeah. I, I love that it's fantastic uh i listen a lot to like potter and hell that's a great podcast they do a whole bunch of different things on there all the time so i listen to that uh, i listen to the progressive palaver they're really really good they do all kinds of like album series stuff like they just went through the whole discography of peter gabriel which was really really well done uh, so I, I listen to a lot of different uh, podcasts, but th those are the three that jump out immediately that I always have and keep an eye on. But I also listen to another one just I listened to today called uh, uh, Something About the Beatles, where they went through the making of a Beatles song from beginning to end and like the theory mm. of what they did and what the production of it and stuff like that. So, you know, I listen to a lot of different things. Andrew? I I'll... Basically, I'll listen to anything that has to do with uh, Captain Geach and the uh, Shrimp Shack Shooters. Nobody got that reference? No. None of you have seen that thing you do? No. Oh, that thing no. you do. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah. No, actually, I, actually Wait, Tom, I'm, I'm Tom a Tom Hanks movie? Tom yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of the original podcast. That's the one I'll probably listen to most when I'm listening to that. But uh, Mike Brune, he does some cool interviews on there. I, was, I really enjoyed his Paul Stanley interview. So, uh, but you know, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, but again, it's it's all about the original podcast, my opinion. All right, Lonnie, you did perfectly fine, by the way, without me on the show. I am unnecessary, and it's nice to not be on every episode. So, uh, no, literally, you guys were fine, and you 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 were you were perfect. So, uh, what are some of the podcasts that you listen to that don't have to do with your sports team? Mm. I do listen to a lot of, of Cincinnati Sports Talk Radio in my car, which is pretty pathetic. <laughs> but I, um, I do like Podcast Rock City. I like Jody and Sonny and the boys over oh, yeah. there. Um, and I and of course podcasts as well. And I and I do enjoy the Kiss Room. Um, well, I'm at my desk on Friday afternoons once a month. That's it's um, appointment um, kick off my weekend type stuff when that when that's on. I love Matt Porter and the guys. Thanks, Sylvie. Very good. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree. Uh, I was just looking at my phone, my uh, you know, my app for the podcast, and I don't listen to. It's a matter of having time to listen to them. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with. I have podcasts, uh, Rock City on here. I definitely listen to them. Uh, Decibel Geek podcast. Um, there's also uh, the. Uh, was it there's another one polit political beats which every now and then had some good stuff on there um of different you know music rock bands um and yeah i mean and then and rock solid things like that um i'm just trying to think what else and oh no man electric light orchestra one you know a song by song podcast it's just kind of enjoyable they keep it really short it's like 10 12 minutes an episode so it's really easy to go go through one song and, and and go on to the next one or whatever in the following week and it doesn't take a lot of time okay so here, here's one for everyone uh, on on the show and watching talk is jericho there's an, another good one um yeah. today is the anniversary of unmasked is it not amazing yes um, amazing yes, it is. We, is, we that really need... is that verified by by a certain party um, Can we have an argument about this? <laughs> I, 
I I do not know. But, you know, thinking back to Unmasked, you know, just off the cuff, how should it be celebrated as an album or should it not be celebrated as an album? I mean, obviously, we talk about anniversaries, you know, and some things just aren't meant to be marked, you know, uh, throughout their history. Mark is right there. Okay, well, we're going to start with Mark. You know, when I say it's the anniversary of Unmasked, Mark, what, what, what is your immediate reaction other than choking? Um, I, I've grown to really like that record. I mean, it's not in my top five or anything, but um, compared to where it was when I first discovered the record, which was like right at the very bottom, uh, I've grown to really like this record. Uh I've always said this album is in dire, dire need of a total remix, kind of like the idea like they did with with Destroyer Resurrected. Uh, if they could do a complete remix of this record, I think it would be a complete night and day album. Uh, you know, I, I think it would sound much better. I think the the people would react much better to it than they do now. Uh, and I I know that Ken has a big beef with the album cover on this one especially, but uh, you know, it's. I, I I like the album. I mean, it's one of the ones in my collection. And believe it or not, I have like 11 variations of this album. I mean, who would have thunk it years ago that I would have had this one in that many different variations, you know? Thank you, Kiss Army Rocks, for the kind comments. Um, Andrew, you know, what's the immediate thing that comes to your mind when we say celebrate Unmasked? I, I, I'm all behind that. I like a lot of the songs on Unmasked. I agree with Mark. Uh, a total remix would make it better. There's not a whole lot of bottom end in there. Uh, but songs like Naked City are great. Tomorrow is cool. Is that you? Talk to me. I mean, there's a lot of cool tracks on that record. And of course, we all love Shandy. Well, at least I love Shandy. But it, it represents the first big transitional period as far as lineup goes and as far as no U.S. tour. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think should be celebrated. All right. Where's Drago? Thank you so much for reminding me of my Freudian <laughs> slip last week and the capital of England. Um, yes. The United Kingdom, Great Britain, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Channel Islands. Yeah. Just put me out of my misery and get me a beer. Um, Lonnie unmasked. I like unmasked, but I, you know, I tend we've, and we've talked about unmasked quite a bit on the show, but I, I agree. There, there, there's a lot of great songs on the album, um, but it's, I, I wish that they were musically headed in a different direction when that album came out. They, you know, had seen the success they had with with Dynasty, especially with "I Was Made for Loving You," and well, we had a we had a hit with "I Was Made for Loving You," so let's make a a pop type album. And I, I get it, you know, you're you're going with with what's hot and what they think they can sell the most albums by. But you know, I I really wish that it could have had different different production and, and and i don't know if it's possible if they can go back 41 years later and and remix it and and put it the way that we think it should sound but it's a, it's a great uh, it, at the end of the day um you know good music is good music and you can hear you can hear good music through por- through production that you may not agree with you know at the end of the day a good song is a good song and you can't you can't hide that and there's a Naked lot City of is a great song i'm sorry absolutely Naked City. Naked City is a great song. Tomorrow is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, Shandy is a great song. And I, I think <laughs> really doesn't agree. <laughs> However, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you, can't hide, you can't hide a great song. And it, it comes out in that album. And it, it'd be cool if we could hear, hear it in a, in a different light. 
I'm hiding a catalog of good songs because I can't sing and I can't play guitar. So Hold they're on, all you hidden. Hear something in a different light. It's me, bitch, in a different light. Turn the light on. Uh, oh, my God. oh dear unmasked um <laughs> you know i wonder wah, if the multi-tracks wah. for the catalog even still exists with some of the stories that we've heard about universal and polygam just throwing out stuff um you know completely which would be a, a terrible shame but would the would any record label affiliated with kiss spend the money on remix and remaster you know, alive too to fix the audience and put in a more organic one, or to remix Crazy Nights, or you know, Hotter Than Hell, which is probably not even possible. Mm-hmm. Um, unlikely, highly improbable. Star Child, would it be nice? Yes and no. How many times have you listened to Destroyer Resurrected since that monstrosity came out? Mm. Versus going to the original mm-hmm. Destroyer. Mark, this conversation doesn't include you. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but Lonnie, have you actually gone back and listened to Destroyer Resurrected since it came out? Not intentionally. Let's say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not I might have, I, right. I, I haven't gone on. I haven't. You know, it's 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 Saturday afternoon, and I'm and I'm going to put on some vinyl. I haven't said, oh, you know, I'm going to put on Destroyer Resurrected. No, I'm gonna put on Destroyer from 1976. It, it was it was fun and it was a unique listening experience when it came out. And I'm like, okay, well, what's different? Oh, that's different. Oh, that's not. Oh, the drums are are, are more defined there. Or, well, that's. But then when I want to listen to King of the Nighttime World, I want to listen to King of the Nighttime World from 1976, not from 2012. Just like. Just like I don't want to listen to the re-records when I want to listen to some classic Kiss songs. I want to listen to the original versions, how they were originally recorded, and what I'm what I'm and I and I guess more than anything else, it's what I'm used to. Like for for Andrew, Andrew and and Ken for that matter, you guys might say, well, that this version of Dr. Love off a of double platinum, that's my version of Dr. Love, because I like because the one that I heard first is my remix. It's the first one I've ever heard. And maybe not, Andrew. I'm just throwing. There's that devotion and revulsion. <laughs> I'm not revolted by that 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 version. I I just like the version of uh, Rock and Roll Over. But for um, some people, like the first version you heard of it, it's your your go-to version of it. I only heard the live version of Nothing to Lose, and I hate the studio version. It's stupid. Who plays that piano? No. But, but I, I do get what Lonnie's saying because a lot of those versions on double platinum were the first ones that i heard you know as mm. i was building up the catalog so while i will go back and listen to say rock and roll over rather than i don't spin double platinum still mentally on albums where there is a noticeable difference my brain still goes whoa you know that it is slightly different i do not go back i got rid of all my copies i think except one of destroyer resurrection 78 what's this this is not strutter 78 where is my strutter 78 so I, I do I do think that people would not be comfortable. It would be interesting as an anomaly um, or as a freak show to, say, remix, unmasked. I, th- I think it actually doesn't need to be remixed because it sounds okay. Ken, how many times have you listened to Destroyer Resurrected lately? Not much. Not much. Um, I, I think the only time I want to listen to it is just to to hear the, you know, different production that Bob Ezrin uh, or his mixing, what he did to it after the original, just, just for comparison 
purposes, but I'd probably really go go to the original Destroyer uh, more so. Um, just going back to Unmask, because I didn't say anything about that, really. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I just say that at the time, it was, I mean, it's, it's a perfect uh, power, you know, power rock, pop rock, I guess, pop rock album at that time. Was it the right direction for them to go? I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah. And Mark mentioned the album cover. Uh, I, you know, it didn't, it's just, that album cover and we talked about it should have been something different. Um, maybe the poster kind of picture on the front. Um, and then the maybe storyboard kind of stuff in a gatefold on inside, something different. I would like to, it doesn't pop, I guess you could say. I mean, when I, when I, bought that and i remember it was in tower records and i was walking through and telling kiss it i didn't know the album was out and i think i got it i want to say i bought the album at the very beginning of june i believe it was um and so it's one of those albums i didn't even know was coming out and usually i get a kiss album on the day it comes out <laughs> so it was it was interesting and i saw this like what is that you know kind of Thing. Though I love comics and, and that sort of thing, but I, I just thought the cover was kind of, you know, not you, a good idea. You know what, though? Uh, where's Drago makes a really good point, though. He says, I'm not averse from different mixes getting released, provided that they don't replace the original. I think they have their place and value for sure. You know what would be smart if they actually did this? But, of course, we're talking about Kiss, so they won't do this because it's smart. Is uh, make these deluxe re- editions. But do that. That would be a reason to make the remix because lots of bands do that where they release the album. Then they do another on another disc, they do a complete remix of it or another remaster of it. You know, there's there's your opportunity to do the remix. Because if you're doing like a deluxe edition or a box set edition of this record, lots of bands do it. Of course, Kiss doesn't. But, you know, and we know why. We don't do this 100 times. They don't own the rights to anything, blah, blah, blah. But if they were able to convince the powers that be to do it, that would be the opportune time to do a remix, you know, release the record in its original form for those people who like the original and don't want it touched, but then make the make a remix for those people who would want to hear a different version of it, you know, or do some, or put in some of the, you know, the edits or some s- single versions or, you know, the some d- different versions of the singles, you know, I mean, people love those things and Kiss people are collectors, as we well know, and hardcore collectors. So, I, I would assume that people would eat that kind of stuff up, you know? I certainly would. I bought the Casablanca singles box set just because I wanted good mixes of all those other different versions. Furthermore, I bought that damn Japanese best of the solo stuff. albums just for the hard stop on on Take Me Away Together as one. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. the only reason why I bought it. That's right. We've got a good question from Adam, North Carolina, I'm going to assume, or NC, um, <laughs> which is a good way to... Uh, end this episode what's everyone's guilty pleasure kiss song today in this moment because like with everything Mm. it changes mark that's very easy because i was actually we were just talking about this album and that's unmasked and i'd say my guilty pleasure song right now is she's so european it's one of a kind (laughs) yeah okay no nice nice (laughs) face lonnie um my guilty pleasure kiss song. That's tough. Um, I don't know if I have a guilty pleasure kiss song because I, I, I. They're not all good. Come on. 
Well, well, that's true. <laughs> that, that is true. I guess, I guess my, my guilty pleasure kiss on that I like that maybe a lot of people kind of turn their nose up at is, um, is spit off of revenge. Mm. I know Boo this man. Boo this man. There it is. There it is. No, no, I love revenge <laughs> as much as you do, and spit's a cool song. But a, but a lot of people. But but I it you know I, I it gets a lot of eye rolls when it gets brought up though too that oh yeah no but I like it I, I think I think it's a fun song and say what you want. All right, my, mine's somewhat easy these days. I'll fight hell to hold you. Oh, that's a good oh. because. No, be, because of Rod Gonzalez and that damned cover that he did by injecting a disco flavor into that song. And then someone came back and posted a, I think it was detuned to half step of, of the Kiss version. I was like, holy crap, this is actually, it sounded like it could have been on um, Asylum at that point. So going back and listening to it after the fact, I just decided it was a really good song. So that's my guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, listen to one of your own. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, it is difficult, like Lonnie said, um, but I will go with uh, And On The Eighth Day from Lick It Up. I think good one. I think it's a good song, a really good song, Und- underrated. Some people just give it, you know, don't like, don't like it at all, but uh, I think it's a really, really good, cool song, so. Andrew, before I get to you, I want to read some of our, our uh, comments on the the stream. Halface thinks the pre-chorus of Murder in High Heels is awesome. David Donnelly, guilty pleasure, out of this world. Nice. AB, yeah. great expectations. So some, um, the non-fade out of Take Me Away. I'll just show that one. All right, Andrew, what's your guilty pleasure? There's a girl. Oh, it's Lonnie's wife. I was like, there's a girl in the room. And I was like, wait, what? it's Lonnie. I was just so shocked. There was like, was guilty pleasure was Lonnie's wife. Um, no, uh, it's probably. <laughs> I had to read it. I was like, wait, it's just, oh, wait, it's just Lonnie's wife. Uh, no. Um, guilty pleasure kiss song is definitely uh, Strutter 78, but the single version. I've always loved that version. I've always loved Strutter 78. And the single version just just kicked it up a notch. I, I'm really glad that nobody here said like Exit Sex or You Make Me oh, Rock no. Hard because ugh, those are just terrible songs, just awful, awful, awful songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, no, they're absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> Everyone's like, "There's a girl in here." <laughs> oh wait, never mind. Bonnie's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Settle down, everyone. It's too funny. All right, that's it. That's our show. That's our episode. This is how we do this thing every week, though, obviously with a varying panel of who's available, um, you know, to to do this. So we do thank you for taking the time to join us live and for your comments and for sharing, you know, some of your thoughts while we pontificate about ours. So that's it. So from now, from uh, Andrew, Lonnie, Mark, Ken and myself, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time live or on Memorex. PDK. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.